0: Good morning, everybody. Uh, We are going to read from God's Word. We're continuing our series in Joshua. So Joshua chapter 7 is where we are this morning. If you want in the Bibles in front of you, the Red Pew Bibles, we're on page 173. So I encourage you to open up God's Word as we read it together. This is Joshua chapter 7. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about three thousand went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening." The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to say on the other side of the Jordan, Pardon your servant, Lord, what can I say? Now that Israel has been routed by its enemies... The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua Stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things, they have stolen, they have lied, they have put them with their own possessions. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have, been, they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever is among you that is devoted to destruction. Go, consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. The tribe the tribe the Lord chooses shall come forward clan by clan. The clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family. And the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire, along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes, and Judah was chosen. The clans of Judah came forward, and the Zerahites were chosen. He had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families, and Zimri was chosen. Joshua had his family come forward man by man, and Achan, son of Kami, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was chosen. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honour him. Tell me what you have done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I have done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, Two hundred shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels. I coveted them and took them. They are hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messages and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites, and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together the all of Israel, took Achan son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bars, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys and sheep, his tent, and all that he had to the valley of Achor. Joshua said, Why have you brought this terrible trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan, they heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his anger. Therefore, that place has been called the Valley of Acor ever since.
1: Well, that's a cheery passage. It's uh, come to some difficult parts in the scriptures, as we saw last week in the... Uh, destruction of Jericho, and now we come not to judgment on God's enemies, now to judgment within the people of God because of their sin. Let me pray that God would speak to us. Lord, we do ask this morning that we would see the seriousness of sin, your hatred of evil, and the truth that the wages of sin is death, sometimes immediately, sometimes on the final day that we would uh, be holy, pursue righteousness, and that we would take responsibility for one another, because we are the family of God together. When one sins, all that impacts it. Lord, teach us, spur us on to live holy and godly lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, as you've noticed in this book, there is only one short step from a great victory and a great defeat. One moment we are riding high in a cloud of a success. The next moment we are plunged into a dark valley of some grim spiritual failure. It's like that in life, isn't it? Sometimes you're on a high and quickly it can turn, depending on your decisions. That's how it is in the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 6 was a great victory, wasn't it? They obeyed the Lord. They followed his instructions. Accompanied by God's power, they threw down the walls. But that's chapter 6. Chapter 7 tells the story of the army's terrible defeat at Ai, much smaller city. They invaded, but they were defeated. And some of their own people were killed in this combat. Why the change? Why the defeat so quickly after such a great victory? And what reasons does God give for the disaster? And the first thing we need to realize, and it's very clear in this text, you've heard it, sin brings the disaster. In Joshua 6, 27, says, The Lord was with Joshua and his fame spread throughout the land. But the Israelites acted unfaithfully in regard to the devoted things. Six. The sin, Achem disobeyed God and took some of the devoted things. Some of the things that should have been for the Lord... They had to destroy everything else. Some of the things we saw last week had to belong to the Lord. And as a result of them disobeying God, God's anger burnt against Israel. Achan replied, and when he confessed in verse 20, it is true. Now, a lot of people don't confess their sin, do they? I wonder what sins you have hidden in your heart today. Thoughts, behaviors. No one else knows, and you think God doesn't know either. Something in your life. Well, Achan had hidden it, but when he was exposed, finally we saw in verse twenty, "I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel." Confession, so significant. This is what I have done: when I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of gold weighing fifty shekels, I coveted them and took them. So, something about seeing something and wanting it. They hidden in the ground inside my tent with the silver underneath. There is sin in the camp. Israel has violated God's covenants. It's a serious matter to disobey God. And God says in verses 11 to 12, he he already knows this. Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They've taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen. They have lied. Listen to the language. They have put them with their own possessions. They've lied. They've stolen. They've taken them. God says, that's why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies they turned their backs and run, because they made them liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. If you knew Achan and what he had done, what would you say to him after the, the loss in the battle? Do you want to grab him and shake him, maybe. Achan, what were you thinking? To steal from God. You know, Achan, God promises this land. It's a land of wealth and prosperity. A land of safety and security. Achan, you know God's word. You know the covenant. God promised to make us successful and prosperous. In Joshua chapter 1, 7 and 8. Achan, God has been so good to us. He's delivered us from Egypt. And despite our sin in the wilderness, Achan, we crossed the Jordan River. What are you thinking? Achan, did you see God's power, and judgment upon Jericho? Which gave us the victory. Achan, your sin has affected all of us. It's not just your sin, Achan. Because when you behave like this in the family of God, in the covenant people of God, it impacts all of us. What would you say to Achan? Achan, 36 men are dead. There are families grieving, Achan. There are mothers, there are sons and daughters. Because... Of what you did. It's not nothing. They're not coming home. They can. Because of your lying and stealing, they're not coming home. Where is God? And we feel like we've lost God in the midst of all of this. For instance, Achan did not play the movie forward. He did not think of the impact of his actions and the repercussions of his actions going forward. I heard this expression, play the movie forward, many years ago, and it's such a helpful one to think about your walk with Christ and the decisions you make and how you obey God or disobey God. See, if you slander someone, You destroy someone's reputation. The people believe the lies. People become angry. You cause disunity and you dishonor God. Or if you cheat a business associate, you rob him of what belongs to him. He loses his money. His family struggles. Tensions build. A friendship is lost and you dishonor God. Or you cheat on your wife. You break the marriage covenant. There's grief and pain and tears and heartache your children are hurting, there is divorce, there is financial stress, you don't know where to turn. And you dishonour God, do you really want to go there? You see, play the movie forward before you make your decisions. Seek to honour God, but play the movie forward. What happens when I act in this way? See, in Joshua, no one could ask Achan if he had played the movie forward. Because his sin had not yet been detected except by God. But the effects of the sin would become clearly manifest in the attempt to conquer Ai. The result in two to five, and Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned, they said, not all the army will have to go up against Ai. It's easy, send two or three thousand men to take it. Do not weary the whole army. Only a few people live there. About three thousand went up, and they were routed by the men of Ai who killed about 36 of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water. Friends, they were doomed to failure this time due to God's righteous anger because of the people's sin. God's promise to take on the land was based on a covenant obedience. This obedience had been withheld, so God withheld his blessing. They lost the battle, 36 dead. The heart of the people melted, became like water. It was a small defeat, yet it was a defeat. And the question on everyone's mind is, God, I thought you were meant, we were meant to be victorious. You told Joshua to be strong and courageous, God. Where are you? Can you imagine being part of the people of God and thinking, why? What's going on? Where is God? We, we took Jericho. This is a small place. And Joshua's lament in 6 to 9. He's a broken man. He's the leader. He led him across the Jordan River. And now he's, he's seen Jericho crumble. But now, why this? He tore his clothes. It's an example of remorse and lament. Filled fast, face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The presence of Yahweh remaining there till evening. He wasn't going anywhere. God, it's, you're our God. The elders of Israel did the same, sprinkled dust on their heads. He's destroyed. And he asked the question, why? Did God mean to bring Israel into Palestine only to destroy it by the hands of the Amorites? If only we we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. That's lamenting, isn't it? Going They've already crossed the Jordan. They've already defeated Jericho. One defeat. I think we wish we'd been back there. Continues, pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites, he's thinking about the reputation, their reputation, God's reputation. And the other people of our country will hear about this. And they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. He might say a little bit melodramatic here, maybe even. You've just been in Jericho. But it was almost like it's all over. What then will you do for your own great name? Lord, if they wipe us out, what will happen to your name, your character, your reputation as the one who controls human history? God, if they take us out, it's your name. That gets insulted. His pleading is understandable, but God then replies, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant. And notice that when someone within the covenant of people sin, often in the Old Testament and New Testament, the whole nation is implicated. His crime was their crime. He doesn't say just Achan has sinned. He said Israel has sinned. They, they, they. Listen to that carefully. He said, well, only he sinned and his family. Why do we all lose? Because sometimes there's a corporate responsibility. We're a nation, and God sometimes punishes the nation in that way. On a less serious occasion, I was at a Year 12 farewell many years ago at uh, American High School, a Year 12 farewell. We were in a a beautiful hotel in the city. And um, some boys who'd left school in Year 10 were invited to come to the farewell. We didn't want them there. Uh, It was for a you know, the year 12 graduates. But uh, some of their friends convinced the teacher to allow these kids who'd left in year 10 to come to the formal. They had no interest, but I knew the girls and the boys. The girls had their beautiful dresses. Do you know formal girls, remember back there, year 12? Hair's done, heaps of money, the best dress. You want to look as good as possible. And they're elegant. And the guys, for once, they're out of their shorts. uh, They've got their suits on. And uh, they've done their hair. But these boys, as soon as they arrived, they started drinking. They were on one table in the middle. They got wa- warned once, twice, three times. And then uh, they started throwing punches at the, sec- at the guards uh, in this formal. And um, people were up dancing. And when this happened, we all sat down. sitting down. And the, I remember because the dessert had just been served. And I'm a desserts man. <laughs> all the desserts on every table. The manager walked up to the stage, onto the microphone. Just want to let you know this function is now over. we are going to start exiting the premises from this direction. The impact of a small group of people had ramifications for the whole. And we're going. And I was watching these girls walk out in tears. This is their final night. This is 8 30, standing outside. I'm there with my wife. She's saying, Let's get out of here. But I'm standing around talking to the boys and the girls. She's so thinking, There's going to be a, a mass riot here soon. <laughs> Let's go. And uh, it was just, I just felt for what they were going through at that point corporate, individual responsibility, and guilt. Radical action now had to take place. It says, go consecrate the people, tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. And then the sinner is revealed. Can you imagine your Achan? And the nation is called together. You're sitting in your corner. And somehow we're not exactly sure how it happens. You're 14, and 24, one tribe, and then somehow the revelation is coming out. We're not told exactly how it happens, how it comes out. But you're sitting there and you think, they're coming down to my family now. They're getting close to me. Hearts beating faster, thinking, oh no. I thought it was hidden. I've lied. I've cheated. I've stolen. It led to the death of some of our people. It's getting closer. It's getting closer then your name is mentioned. Stand up in front of everyone. Embarrassment to the nation. Friends, Achan represents that spiritual cancer which if allowed allowed to grow can choke the vitality of an individual, a family or a church or even a nation. Determined to hide it but is now exposed. It was a sin of covetousness. He saw it he liked it, he wanted it, he took it. Just like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. Temptation comes, it looks good, it will give you power, it will give you knowledge like God if you eat of this tree, and you will be wise. It's a tree of knowledge of good and Eve. Just take it. You look, you see, you want it, you take it, and it leads to death. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. For Achan, this death is going to come immediately in a, in a judgment. For each of us, that death will come one day in the future, and we need to be ready for that. Punishment is executed. Uh, why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel were stoned, and after they had stoned, so then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them over Achan. They heaped a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from His fierce anger. Therefore, the place that has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. Everything's destroyed. Someone will ask, what about Achan's innocent family? They may not be innocent. They could be accomplices in the crime, aiding and abetting the cover-up as he brings it home. We're not told. Friends, we need to take sin seriously. Let me tell you about a church Moving to the New Testament now. It was a great church. It was a huge church, in fact, a church of thousands. A church where wonders and miracles happened regularly. A church which loved each other. A church which studied the scriptures. A church which cared for the needy. A church which loved gathering in Jesus' name. A church which loved singing praises to God. It was a worshipful church. It was well regarded by non-Christians. It was so God-like, it was well regarded by non-Christians. People were being saved in this church daily. It was just growing, it was exploding. The leaders preached even when they were thrown in jail. They couldn't help themselves. Jesus had so changed their lives. The church where its leaders honoured God above the state authorities... It was a church which prayed together. It was a wonderful church. And then into this church came a couple who didn't realise their seriousness of sin and felt God's judgement immediately. I'm talking about Acts chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. Because this is almost like a parallel passage to Joshua. I'll see how they, they work together. Now, a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, also sold a piece of property. With his wife's foreknowledge, he kept back part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Implication is, they sold it, but they pretended to bring all of the money. They only brought some of it and kept some for themselves. Right? And Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. There's no stoning here. There's no burning at the end. Death immediately. And great fear seized all who heard what had happened. Then some young men came forward, wrapped up his body and carried him out and buried him. That's a quick burial. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, tell me, is this the price you and Ananias got for the land? Imagine you're the person that gets asked this question. Yes, she says, that is the price. Peter said to her, how could you conspire to test the spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of the men who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. At that moment, she fell down at his feet and died. Then the young men came in, finding her dead, carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. What do you do with that? You do the same with that as what you did with Joshua 7. Because the Achan incident in Joshua 7 in the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts 5 strongly indicate that God's, God's hatred of sin and disobedience. And both happened at significant stages in the life of Israel and in the life of the church. Israel had just entered the promised land after 40 years of wandering in the desert. They had to be reminded in the strongest terms possible that God meant business. In Acts chapter 5 where at the infancy stage of the church, the beginning of the church era, we see divine judgment come upon sinful people. Even within the church, God is serious about obedience. He wants an honest, faithful, holy, purified people. You cannot play games with God. God desires obedience and holiness. Now, I am thankful, and probably you are too, that God doesn't act like that all the time. You think, man... If you got taken out for a lie like that, man, I'm gone, right? Anyone feeling like that at the moment? Your behavior, your thoughts. You said, but the wages of sin is death. The only reason you get to breathe today and I get to breathe today is because God is gracious. God is merciful. He forgives us and he gives us another chance. He's full of grace, you see. It's not because we're good, because God is prolonging our life. Do not be deceived, God cannot be mocked, Galatians 6. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. It's a call to holiness and obedience in the scriptures. Old Testament, New Testament. My friends, the gospel also promises forgiveness and life to us. The gospel tells us that although sin is deadly serious, God brings forgiveness to all those who repent and place their trust in him. 2 Corinthians 5 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, God, the only righteous one, the perfect one, took our sin upon himself at Calvary and endured the punishment we deserved namely death and separation from God. That's by a marvellous exchange he made it possible for us to receive his righteousness, his perfection. We get his perfection and are reconciled to God. It's a work of divine grace. One writer put it this way, I don't live each day worrying that God might judge me. Christ died for me, but I will not let sin reign in me. Okay? Forgiveness, Jesus is both saviour but he is also Lord. You cannot have Jesus as saviour if he is not Lord. He is the Lord and saviour. So I say to you today, is there sin in your life? If there is, confess it and turn from it. You may need some help to turn from it. You may need some support and prayer support and accountability to turn from certain sins. The truth is, God knows it. It's not hidden from him. Maybe hidden from others. And secondly, are you stealing from God as Achan did? Time, money, gifts, talents, all that God has given you to use for his glory, have you kept it for yourself? Or are you offering yourself completely to God? But Joshua seven and Acts five remind us to take that God takes sin seriously. Seriously enough to let His Son Jesus Christ suffer the humiliation of death on a cross to bring us forgiveness. Sin is deadly serious. But He also brings forgiveness, and now calls us to obey Him and enjoy His blessing. My fear is that right across the Christian world, there is sin within it and unholiness as there is in the non-Christian world. Maybe today God is saying to you and to me, it's time to turn. It's time to pursue holiness and righteousness, not for salvation, but because of salvation. To the glory of God. Let me pray. Lord God, we come before you this morning on this hard text, on this serious text. And Lord, we rely completely on your grace. On the finished work of Jesus on the cross where he died for us to bring us forgiveness and reconciliation with you but Lord do your work of transformation in us we pray we want you Lord as well as Savior help us to turn from sin where we need to turn to see the seriousness of sin and to see that sometimes your judgment comes immediately and doesn't wait till the final day help us to help one another Lord God Help us to care for one another, support one another, that we would encourage each other to Christ-likeness, to purity, to holiness, that you might be honoured and glorified in and through us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.